The following program, Living Out Loud, is sponsored by Morton Group, LLC, and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday. This is Living Out Loud. I'm Mary Morton. I'm here with Devin on the board, and I'm so excited to welcome the one, the only, the delightful Ina Pinkney is my co-host. Oh, I could not be happier to be here on a Sunday. Oh, my I'm, gosh. This is the best day of the week for me now that I'm with you. Oh, I'm loving this. Oh, I love I'm it. I love this. it. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank we you. have a ton of things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do you know a little host chat in just a moment, but also want to let folks know that we'll be talking about Native American Heritage Month. We'll be talking about Trans Day of Remembrance. Uh, we're going to have Avi Bowie on a little bit later. Uh, but we're going to start... By talking about uh, how did we meet? I always like to start giving folks a little context. Well, every restaurant owner's dream is that you open the door and somebody walks through it. <laughs> right. And one day you That's and right. Willa walked through it. And we that did. was the beginning we of did. a long friendship that we was did. going way back. Yeah, that's uh, 2000. Easily. 2000. Right. Yeah, because our, our anniversary is 2001. So maybe it was too, earlier 2001. Right. Yeah. And I was on, where, on Randolph Street. We were on Randolph, right yes. And you said, could you think about using your upstairs room? You to, just opened. I had just opened. Yes. I had no idea we what were the, the first, hell I was doing. We were the first party there, yeah, right? The very first, event. first party. And I just said, I didn't know what I was doing. I only knew that I had to do it right because it was you. Well, I yeah. don't know why you say that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Those of us who know you, we, it has to be perfect. Or better than oh, that. Oh, well, you know, I just like things done with a little, a little flair. Yes. Little so we set up the whole thing, and there was a little ceremony, a little civil ceremony. Union, right? And then there was a lovely reception. Yes. Uh, and I have photos of you, uh, you know. Dancing down the aisle. Oh my God! It was like Soul Train time. It was really I, a lot of fun. I know, and it was the perfect menu, um, really. And, and we just had our our twenty second anniversary. That's, that's hard to believe. It's it, you. That's hard to believe. <laughs> the funny. Yeah. This is when you know you've been together a long time. Um, we were in Costa Rica, uh, which I'll talk about next week. But we literally gave each other the same card. Oh my God! Can you, you believe did? that? Yes, that is perfect. It's unbelievable. We and a couple you of Christmases could have saved ago, five bucks each. You I just know. Said it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, we gave each other the same book for Christmas. I thought, okay, what does this mean exactly? However, let us let us let us move on. So mm. we met each other then, and yeah. mm-hmm. then you know the rest is history, as they say. It is. It is, and we've had lots of meals together, lots and of lots meals, of, and sharing lots of, of fun. Of life you were experience. in my vagina monologue production. I was. I bumped into I found those last pictures week. recently. Oh, that I would like to okay, see. Okay, I'll show them to I you. I felt like a star. I was it like was so star. much fun. We did uh, three years. I did three years of producing the Vagina Monologues, yep. Eve Ensler's worldwide production yep. for V-Day, right? Stopping Violence Against um, Women and Girls. And, um, and Ina was one of the fabulous celebrities who was... On stage, Amanda Puck and I have a photograph yes, and that's from the that. photo that I ha- I oh, found the other day. Oh, that was one yes. of the highlights of my life. It was a know? lot of fun. Oh yeah. my gosh, we had we had thirty women one year. We had twenty. We had forty right. women one year do that that right. play. Um, right. It was really quite extraordinary. However, I would love to give folks a little context because we all know you as the Breakfast Queen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I miss. I miss Heavenly too. Hots. I'm yeah, just gonna say I, I miss too. Heavenly Hots. But how did you get started? Tell us. You well, know, a little synopsis of how you got okay. started, because you're from 
Brooklyn. Brooklyn. All right, I'm let's hear it. Born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island, and moved into Manhattan when I was 21 when I got married. But the Brooklyn in me is so severe that I gave up baseball when the Dodgers left Brooklyn in 1957, and I never turned on a baseball game after that. Really? I, I, I carry a grudge. Okay. I know. Okay. But the thing about me is that the Brooklyn motto is, don't let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash. Oh, yes. Well, that's, that's, that's I, Brooklyn. I agree with that that's motto. That's Brooklyn. And so I had 21 jobs in my life, and I was fired from 19 of them. I find it hard to believe. Well, yes. <laughs> I could not fit the corporate culture. I treated everything like it was my business. And so I did things differently, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I baked my very first cake, because I had an idea for a surprise birthday cake delivery service, that I, I baked my first cake at 37. Wow. I had no idea. I'd never melted chocolate. I had never really? whipped egg whites. I never did anything. And then I made this one cake and this surprise birthday cake delivery service was such a hit that one day a man called me and he said, I don't need the service. Can I just buy the cake? I love it. And I went, "Uh uh-huh. And then he said, what else do you do? And I said, what else do you want? Oh, that's that's, that's an open-ended a, question. That's Ina. an entrepreneur, yes. but that's an entrepreneur's answer, isn't it? E- exactly. What else do you that's want? That's exactly right. And he that's said exactly to me, right. he had a, a, an idea for his grandma made this incredible coffee cake that was soft mm. and cinnamon and brown sugar and pecans. And I had collected recipes all my life. I just never made them. Okay. So I pulled out this recipe. And that was the cake. And it was on my counter till the day I closed my restaurant. Wow. Yes, I remember those cakes. I do, too. I remember those cakes. So okay. I had to teach myself how to bake. I had no really? idea what I was doing. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I faked it till I made it. Wow. I really did. And and you really made it quite well. And I ate breakfast out every day because on the way to the bakery, my former husband and I would stop and have breakfast. And after nine years of eating really bad food, I'd say, why can't anybody make a decent breakfast? And he said, so every day you go to that place and you play with butterflower, sugar, and eggs. What does that make? I said, oh, it makes what we're eating, breakfast, butterflower, sugar, and eggs. I said, I'm going to open a breakfast restaurant that nobody has ever seen before. And I did a high-end, perfectly beautiful restaurant. It was lovely. That was lovely. It was lovely. I know. And but but more than one restaurant. One at a time. Three mm-hmm. restaurants. All right, three restaurants. Yeah, I was brain damaged at oh the end my of that. Goodness, that mm-hmm. that's a lot. It, that is a lot. That's too much. Um, and I just have to say, I remember. Um, when Willa was opening uh, the brunch cafe, and it was the very first day, and let's just say nerves were, you know, afraid, <laughs> afraid, yes, afraid. and and well, someone's knocking at the door, and I'm like, who would be? Who's knocking at the door before nine o'clock? Oh my god! And we ran to the door, and it was you with a lovely bunch of flowers, and Wishing it really well. made the day. Right. It made the day. It it's really so essential so appreciated. that we support each other. Yes. You know, this is a serious this town doesn't have competition in terms of chefs. We have cooperation. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's what we do for each other. And what are you doing now? Because you're writing, you're, oh, you're, I'm, you're I'm doing on TV, things. you're well, doing many things. Part of my trajectory is that I had polio at 18 months. Okay. And so I right. have lived as a disabled person getting worse now with the late effects of polio taking me down pretty hard. First with a cane and now already into a scooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am now the chair of a global post-polio syndrome advocacy group around the world. And I meet with wow. them regularly, and we're teaching everybody how to advocate for themselves. As it should be. As It's the only way. That's exactly right. The only That's way. That's right. Nothing without us. No. 
No, right? no we're in it mm-hmm. That's to, right. completely. So I'm That's very right. proud of the work that we're doing, and that gives me reason to get up in the morning. Not early, though. Okay. Oh. All right. But what else are you doing? You're writing? I do. I do. You have I, a newsletter? I write. I speak a lot for a Rotary. Rotary, right. I go around. I've been, I'm going to Texas in um, March, mm-hmm. and I'm having a, a moral dilemma. I don't like anything about Texas. Well, it, yeah. But the people I'm talking to are doing good what, work. What part of Texas? Beaumont. Oh, okay. Outside of Houston. Okay. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to go because it's the right thing to do and I speak to them and I tell them about the late effects of polio and why we have to eradicate polio, which is still around um, based on the vaccines that are being given out all over the world. So I have work to do. And you also, weren't you recently on Chicago Today? Yeah, that's going to be airing in December. Airing. So okay. I, try to, I try to highlight restaurants that need my help. Okay. And so I go and I get all the food and I bring it to the studio and they tape it and I say, go eat there. That's wonderful. That's what we all need, right? right. As you said, people, it's a support, yes. supportive kind of uh, group here in Chicago, particularly with the chefs and uh, people come out. So everybody go to Marina's Bistro and Rum Bar on Wilson and have Puerto Rican food like you think this gorgeous young man Eric's grandma made. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and, go, and go to Pinched on the River at the Ogden Slip where the boats come in for the um, Architectural Foundation. Is it a new restaurant? Not too new, but okay. what she did is that she looked at a map of uh, Mediterranean and she pinched the best dishes from all around the Mediterranean. And oh, she made nice. this gorgeous, delicious food. Well, whenever you recommend a place, we go. We were at Eden's a few weeks yeah, ago. Then we right. went again. Right. Um, Really and, lovely. And the other one I want to talk about is Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Okay. Jewish deli out in Lyle, Illinois. Wow. In Lyle. Okay. And the reason I... Uh, Schmaltz is a great word. In Yiddish, it's... Uh, Schmaltzy is sentimental. It also means chicken fat. Okay. Well, Done. you know, and we're going to leave it right there. <laughs> That's <laughs> fabulous. We're going to talk a little bit more about restaurants, uh, but we're going to yeah. take a short break. You're listening to Living Out Loud. We're back in a moment. Hi, everyone. 
everyone. It's Mary Morton with Living Out Loud. And here's a little bit about Morton Group, the sponsor of my show. Morton Group is a national consulting firm working with nonprofits, foundations, for-profits, and government entities. Our work helps organizations expand and deepen their impact by working on equity initiatives and executive placements, among other areas of focus. Reach out to us at info at mortongroup.com with any questions. And don't forget to listen in on Sundays at 1 p.m. on WCPT 820 a.m. And we are back. You're listening to Living Out Loud, and I'm here with the extraordinary Ina Pinkney. Thank you so So happy you're here. Yes. And we have a lot of important things to talk about today, and one of them we want to make sure that we are are talking about is Native American Heritage Month. And I know you have something in particular you want to share about that. I do. So the Osage Indians, uh, and we're going to call them Indians from the old days, the Osage Native Americans in Oklahoma, they discovered oil on their land, on the tribal land. And so everybody in the in the area got a check because all the oil was extracted. And so people had money. It was an unusual tribe that had money. And there was a family there that had two daughters that were dancers, and they were extraordinary. And dance, as you know, is a form of knowledge and a form of communication. And because they had money, this mother took her two daughters to California and put them in ballet school. And one of them turned out to be oh, Maria Tallchief. Wow. And she was the first American Native. Yes. Native American um, prima ballerina. Um, there is a movie called Killers of the Flower Moon that just came out. And it's the story of that, where the white men came in and they married the young girls in the, in the tribe. And it sounds murdered, very familiar. And, right. And mm-hmm. murdered the families to mm-hmm. inherit the land and the oil. So greed and betrayal are themes of that movie. But then I want to tell you a really quick story. So I wrote a newsletter every single month and still do on Substack. Mm -hmm. And I wrote something, uh, a column that said, these are the people I'd like to feed. And John Stewart was in there and a few other people, Rachel Maddow. And I had room for one more, and I put in Maria Tolchief. And one of my customers was reading the newsletter as she's sitting at the table. And on her way out, she looks over her shoulder and she says, I'll bring Maria in next week. Oh, no. And I stood there and I thought, did she really just say that? So she called me and she said, Wednesday at noon, I'll be in with Maria. And Wednesday at noon, the door opened. As I said before, you never know who walks through That's that right. door. That's right. And in comes this woman who was very arthritic. And she, but you could tell by the, by the look of her face, the cheekbones, and the way she carried mm. herself that she had walked the earth on point. Just, just saying all that makes me want to sit up straight. Sit up straighter. <laughs> That's right. And sit she sat up. down, yes. and Marianne sat next to her, and she said to me, I have no idea why I'm here. And I said, Miss Tallchief, when I was three and a half years old, I was already tired of exercising my leg, and I was tired of all the pain. And my mother took me to the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo to see you and folded up our coats so I could sit on them in the seat to see the stage. I said, and when the lights went down and the curtain opened, I fell in love with the ballet and I fell in love with you. I said, and when my father would do my exercises with me afterward and I would say, Daddy, no more, no more, it hurts, he would go, oh, Maria Tallchief wouldn't say no more. And any mobility that I was able to reclaim was as a direct result of her name being spoken oh my goodness. in my life. And so that day I made her my heavenly hot pancakes because they were as light and as elegant as she is. Oh, my goodness. And that's an incredible story. And ending it by mentioning heavenly hots, my favorite. I can arrange for you to get some. Really? 
Okay. Uh, All right. That's that's being recorded. It's being recorded. <laughs> I am going to hold you to that. Done. I love them so, because they're perfect. They're not too thick. No. Nope. They're not too thin. Nope. They've got great flavor. Yep. They're delicate. <laughs> they're, they're delicate uh, like you are, Mary. Oh, yes, like, like a delicate flower. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's my Native American story <laughs> yes. that is total connection to me sitting across from Maria Tallchief. That's incredible. In restaurant. That know, is extraordinary. <laughs> and I think it's a really important time. I mean, one of the things we, we do at Morton Group is we uh, start all of our workshops with a land acknowledgement uh, and, and, you know, I would say, in public meetings as well. We, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that people understand that we are on stolen land stolen. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the great things about Chicago downtown around the Riverwalk, they have a land acknowledgement. Yes. It's, it's literally um, written on concrete that you will see forever and ever and ever. And so it's, it's wonderful. I mean, we're, we're getting better, but there's still a lot of work to do in this area um, in terms of acknowledging um, how Native Americans have been treated and are con- continue to be mistreated Completely. in this country mm-hmm. uh, with regard to access to health care, um, access to education, um, access to uh, employment opportunities. Let's, and the suicide rate. And the suicide un- rate. I mean, that unfortunately is something that both uh, we can talk about with regard to the Native American community and also the trans community, Absolutely. the suicide rate. Um, and, and this is, again, about folks, you know, who have been... Uh, oppressed and marginalized, and we've we've got to do better, mm-hmm. you know. And so, a couple of things that we want to mention to you is to make sure that you know something about Native American culture. I think that's one of the things that I love about this program, and and just how I try to live my life, really, in general, is being open to um, experiences and people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You learn so much, and, and and when I think about your work in the restaurant business over so many years, I. I would think that was just a daily occurrence. Like every, it was. No two days are alike. No. No, I learned so much from the people that came in and from the children especially who had such a connection to us. So it was, it was very moving to me. I, I think also it's important to um, keep in mind that, um, you know, there's food you can explore, there's literature you can explore, but open your mind to something that you don't know about. And I would try to tell people at your Thanksgiving dinner that a lot of what you have read and learned is a myth about the first Thanksgiving. Absolutely, because what's important to note here is that um, Native American folks are are really acknowledging a day of mourning uh, when many of us are celebrating Thanksgiving. And so it's important to keep in mind that this is how ancestors are honored, yes. um, acknowledging current struggles of Native people, um, the spiritual connection, uh, the protest of racism and oppression, and to hopefully interrupt or disrupt, I would say, the Thanksgiving mythology, mm-hmm. right? This idea that pilgrims and Native folks are sitting down for dinner is just not, not true. true. It's not true. It's not true. Not and true. and have some conversation about this you know, across the dinner table. I agree. You know, to make sure that people understand, um, you know, what what the reality oh. is, what what uh, we've learned about history and how history has been completely hijacked. Yes. Hijacked. That's hijacked right. That's completely. right. I mean, we're seeing that, of course, across the country. Yes. With the banning of books. Um, I love I have to just say this. I, I just uh, saw this the other day. Uh, Pink, I'm- who was performing in Florida. Right, gave away 2,000 banned books. Band books. I love her. I love I, her even more than I did before. I know. Perfect. I know. I know. Perfect to do that in Florida. Right. Um, we've, we, we've just got to keep chipping away, 
right? Because there's so much work that needs to be done. How have you um, just been part of these conversations, particularly when you're around people who don't get it? People who just are... Uh, yeah, they just don't get it. I'll give you my my classic. When I'm speaking to a group and I know that there are anti-vaxxers ah, in the group, mm-hmm. and I will look at them and say, so what year did you have polio? And they'll mm. say, oh, I, I didn't have polio. And mm-hmm. I went, oh, that's right, because you had to get a vaccination before you went to school. That's right. And so I just bring the truth as home to them as I can. That's right. That's all we can do. That's right. And And as someone who was in the public every day, what did you do when something might occur in the restaurant? How did you, how did you address those kinds of situations when people were just, you know, I worked in a restaurant, of course, many times, and people can be really not very nice when they're hungry, I've noticed. I know. Yeah. Um, we were very fortunate not to have any confrontational things really? going. Really? That's very. incredible. And it's because we gave them food the minute they walked okay. in. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's true. Oh, you got those the, little cakes. I know. The blood sugar level yes. then would go up and oh, everybody would be That's fine. a really good... You know, I didn't think about that. I know. That takes the edge off right away. Right away. And before <laughs> the, the server got to the table and said, coffee, and everybody had coffee, we had a young man with a tray that had freshly squeezed orange juice and grapefruit juice. So we would get to the table before anything else and say, oh, would you care for some beautiful light? And you would go, yes. oh, yeah. Yes. I have yes. to have that right now. Yes. And blood sugar goes right up. That's a really um, good idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I never thought about that. Give folks something the moment they walk in. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. Oh, every time. Okay. Works every time. Okay. And I know. But what, people knew. People knew that I was so left uh, that I was coming around to meet myself. I was so left-wing. So there was no room for that. Plus, at that time, I mean, I closed 10 years ago this New Year's Eve. No. 10 years. Really? And we didn't have this kind of crazy misinformation, lying, cheating, right. stealing. Right, greed. going on. No, we mm-hmm. didn't have it. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, and you've become, I've noticed from mm-hmm. your Facebook page, I would say... Um, angry? Uh, well, <laughs> yes, angry, uh, but also really sharing lots of information about what's happening yes. and trying to get people to understand this is the real deal. This is the real deal. This is, maybe this is what you thought. You may have even been told this. However, this is the real deal, and and here's you know some information. And, and I have to use my platform of being trustworthy, right? And people That's perceive right. me as that, and That's I right. am that. And That's I put right. whatever I put up there, I I put annotations on it as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm always about telling the truth. Well, how do how do folks? Um Get connected to Substack and to your newsletter if they're interested. Substack, Ina Pinkney. Okay. Or they can even email me because I trust everybody. Mm-hmm. The Breakfast Queen at Gmail. Okay. All spelled out. The Breakfast, Breakfast Queen. Queen at Gmail. Right. Okay. My Substack is good. I write it every month like I always did. Yes. And you never know what you're going to find. That's in there, right. 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 You, you spend a fair amount of time talking about the moon. I do. I don't know why. I'm fascinated by full moons and mm-hmm. what they mean and how the Native Americans, it's always about them because they named it when it was coming for the beaver moon right. or, the, or the wolf moon. So I have done that for all these years. One month I forgot to do it. Do you know how many emails I got? Really? Oh, my well, God. Well, that's always a great test to see if people are actually reading it. And they're reading it. That's wonderful. I know. My publisher uh, did a cookbook, um, which yes. is still at Barnes & Noble, not Amazon, Barnes okay. & Noble. Okay. Um, the, it's called Ina's Kitchen. And my publisher asked me to do a memoir. And my cookbook has a lot of memoirs it. has in great it. stories in it. Good stories. Yes. But I said, no, I really wanted to do a video. So uh, from Substack, you can order my video 
memoirs. Okay. I'm telling a story every single month that is revealing or funny or like the Maria Tallchief story. Mm-hmm. There's just things that have happened in my life. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I have I the book. Well, I'm acting as though I, I don't know that. I, I have several copies of your cookbook. Yes, you and let's mention the documentary. Oh, Breakfast at Ina's on Amazon Prime. And I don't get any money from that. I just want you to know because this pen could be the subject of a documentary, right? That's right. And that's the reality. As someone who is a documentarian, I can vouch for the fact that the subjects of your documentaries do not get paid. And part of that is to have some distance between the, the, you know, the the subject and the work of documenting their lives. We don't want there to be undue influence, if you will. So I, I know that, but I know you also went and traveled. I did. Went to many in, of the film it festivals. Was in 48 film festivals and 31 wow. of them paid my way to be there. So That's that was lovely. Quite wonderful. That's lovely. And the documentarians uh, came and talked to me about what they wanted to do and it was the last 31 days. And I, I, I promised to tell them an honest, open, and transparent story if they promised to retell it with integrity. And we both kept our promises. Wow. And you worked with Mercedes, who, of course, yes. is now um, doing the, the festival circuit with, uh, Art. with Art and Pep. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. So it was really great to see her work, you know, in a, on a different yeah. film as well. Yeah. That's also getting a lot of a lot of attention. And yeah. um, I think right now it's streaming on Peacock. So you can check mm-hmm. that out there. Um, so we're going to take a short break. Okay. We're going to be back in just a moment with uh, just a dear friend and colleague, Avi Bowie. Okay. Um, we're going to okay. talk a little bit about uh, what they're up to, and also we want to—we really want to acknowledge and talk about uh, Trans Day of Remembrance. And so we're going to do all of that. Can I go? Yes. Out? Can I take it out? Oh, absolutely. This is Ina. You're listening to Living Out Loud. Don't go anywhere. Listening to Living Out Loud, I'm Mary Morton here with the just incredible Ina Pinkney. So happy you're here with me today. And we wanted to take a moment, uh, and a few moments actually, and 
make sure that we are acknowledging um, that it's Trans Day of Remembrance. Uh, lots of activities going on this weekend, this week. Um, this is an important topic, and I'm excited to have my friend and colleague joining us today on Living Out Loud. I want to welcome Avi Bowie, who, among many things that they do, they're also a Morton Group consultant, so I just want to put that out there for full disclosure. They're senior consultant with Morton Group, and actually, we've been working together since 2015, which Ooh. is hard to believe. Um, and they're a therapist, and we're going to hear about that. And they're a board member for YEP, another fabulous organization. So let's just welcome you, Avi, uh, to Living Out Loud. Thanks so much, Mary. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Well, I am so happy you could join us. And, of course, Ina is here as well. And, Avi. Hey, Ina. Hi, Avi. <laughs> Let's start by just giving giving our listeners a little bit of uh, background on, on what you're up to these days. Um, you're very busy. You know, you have a family. You have, a, you have uh, in addition to Morton Group, you have your own private practice. Tell folks a little bit about that. Sure, Mary. I'm happy to happy to share a little bit. And you know, I have to say, I I'm not quite as busy as you, but you know, I, I try. Um, I don't do it. No. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to having the tremendous priv- privilege of getting to collaborate with Morton Group um, in lots of different ways over these many years, as you named, um, I also have actually joined my partner's private practice as of last year. It's called Heartful Healing, mm-hmm. and uh, we practice. Uh, trauma-based therapy, um, so I work with individuals in that capacity, and the majority of folks that I work with are uh, trans or non-conforming, um, mostly folks of color, a lot of young people, so I feel really honored to get to pull on a lot of my experience and background in uh, supporting folks individually as they work hard to navigate, mm-hmm. right? How do we how do we survive and do more than survive, right? How do we thrive right, in this exactly. world uh, in this time that really makes it incredibly difficult? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a part of my work. I, I'm raising a child. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Who um, I love who to is, pieces. <laughs> we love her. Uh, she is my greatest teacher, I always say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's a, a big inspiration and motivation for me. And uh, as you mentioned, I also uh, do some work with the Youth Empowerment Performance Project in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Youth Empowerment Performance Project is an organization that works with um, mostly trans, uh, transgender young folks who are uh, navigating homelessness uh, through uh, the arts. So um, really inviting folks, young people, to use creative expression in service of their healing mm-hmm. and to tell their stories. There's so much that art will help us do, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's so right. extraordinarily meaningful as a vehicle to get folks to, you know, just um, be healed in, right. in many ways. Yes. Right. Yes, right. absolutely. Absolutely. I know it is, uh, it's getting me through these days. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, listening to a lot of music, reading a lot of poetry, um, right. and just feeling inspired by all of the creative ways that folks are uh, resisting um, mm-hmm. out of the harms that are happening. Well, and speaking of resistance, right, um, that's something that is ongoing. And when we think about the Trans Day of Remembrance, which is really a, an, an opportunity for folks to lift up 
those folks we have lost, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the last year or so, either through violence, mm-hmm. uh, through suicide. Um, as, as we all know, hate crimes have really increased in the last several years. Um, we know that there's over, you know, hundreds of bills uh, that really would impact gender affirming care uh, for someone who is uh, non-binary or, you know, perhaps transitioning. There's just so many attacks coming from so many different directions at this yeah. point. And I'm curious, I mean, you talked about a little bit about how you, you know, cope with some of those things. What do you think about what's happening? Is it what you would have expected? Just what are your thoughts about well, the world yeah. that we're living in and the enormous attacks that we're seeing on the trans and non-binary communities? You know, um, I would be lying if I said that it, it wasn't scary. Um, you know, and I think holding the identities that I hold, um, I I am trans myself, non-binary. I'm also a person of color. I'm queer. Um, and so I often say to people, I'm not shocked or surprised, <laughs> right, by these systems that uh, have impacted my life personally and the lives of many people and communities I'm connected to. Um, but that doesn't mean that it isn't incredibly distressing. And just the past year alone, over 500 anti-trans bills right. um, have been introduced in the U.S. alone. Um, so far this year, I think it's uh, over 40 um, trans folks have been murdered in this country and over 500 globally that we know of who are documented. The vast majority of those people are uh, black trans women mm-hmm. who are um, you know, also Im- impacted by not only transphobia, but um, misogyny, misogynoir. Um, just so racism. I just plain old racism, right? Exactly. Well. And, exactly. And racism. I, I just have to mm-hmm. say that if these were other folks who were being murdered in this way, yeah. I think we all yeah. know that something else would have been done about this by now. I yeah. think so. I think so. You know, and I, I think what I often say is that a lot of what we're witnessing is uh, the death rattle of these systems, mm. the death rattle of white supremacy, um, the death rattles of, of racism, of colonialism. And so in this space where I do think that we are becoming more free in many ways um, as, you know, as a, um, as, a, as a nation, as a world, um, young people are being more encouraged to express themselves. Um, people with marginalized ident- identities are holding more positions of power, right? Um, and so I think there's resistance that we're seeing to that, right? Resistance to our joy, resistance to our freedom, and efforts um, to hold on uh, to the power that certain uh, that certain people have. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that a lot of... Um, a lot of what's happening is really in response to increased rights and freedoms being recognized. Mm-hmm. And the ways that that is also showing up in, I think, in our personal lives, too, um, insofar as, I think, in many, in many spaces, a, a greater acceptance of and recognition of and embracing of, for example, young people who are um, getting curious mm-hmm. about their identities Early. in ways that... Mm-hmm. Earlier, and mm-hmm. I think in a world where there is there's more access uh, to information, that's right. Um, more access to uh, adults who are living our lives more openly, more freely. That's right. Um, and so I think there's a lot of fear. Really, I mm-hmm. think that is ultimately a lot of what it comes down to: um, is fear, is ignorance. 
um, and holding on to a lot of you know, old ways of being that actually don't serve anyone. And so in my work, what I talk about a lot is getting really clear about the fact that there's actually nothing wrong with with us. There's That's nothing right. wrong with mm-hmm. being trans. That's there's right. nothing wrong with being queer. Um, the problem, again, is with these systems and structures that are mm-hmm. so harmful. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, I think you know, really getting clear about what the actual problem is. And so that's an invitation for folks who do hold positions of power in whatever ways mm-hmm. um, to get curious about what am I actually afraid of? Um, as it relates to trans violence, it's asking, you know, what are the ways in which um, cis folks have been required to exist in these really small boxes, right, in these binary identities um, that are harmful for everyone, right? There's nothing wrong with uh, being being proudly femme, right, or understanding and expressing a healthy masculinity. Mm-hmm. But when it starts to feel like that's the only way right. that you can be, mm-hmm. I think that's often where I, you know, where I want to create space for not so much trans folks to do the work, right? We're doing the work of surviving and thriving. Mm -hmm. Um, But for cisgender folks to really examine, you know, where, how have I been taught um, that we can only live in these really narrow, narrow lanes? Um, And so I think I see more and more people doing that and getting curious about that. I, um, I'm inspired by a lot of folks that I see doing the work, um, Trace Strangio at ACLU, mm-hmm. um, poet and performer Alok Vaid Manan um, is doing a lot of really powerful work, again, going back to the, um, the power of creative expression as a vehicle for healing and liberation. Um, I think about uh, Miss Major Griffin Gracie, uh, yes. uh, you know, Chicago-born, mm-hmm. uh, long-time activist and organizer for trans rights who um, talked about the importance of cisgender people celebrating us, mm-hmm. not only in private or in mm-hmm. spaces where that's the popular opinion, but you know, to correct people when they get our pronouns wrong, to invest in the leadership of trans folks, to shut down transphobia and cisnormativity. So I, you know, again, even with this uh, increase in um, anti-trans legislation and um, what I, what it characterizes fear, uh, Mm -hmm. we're also seeing a lot of people getting really clear about the spaces that we, uh, can and should be in um, Avi, 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 this yeah. is Ina. Can I? Hey, Ina. Hi. You know, you just mentioned the legislation. The thing that I can never get my head around, and maybe you can help mm. me sort this out, is the mm-hmm. legislators who pass these unbearable bills. Um, they have families. They have extended mm. families. Certainly, somewhere yeah. in there, there has to be somebody who doesn't fit their norm. And I don't know how they cope with that at the end of a day when they go home, knowing what they have done to harm this family member. I'm right there with you. (laughs) I struggle with that as well. I mean, with, you know, with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, that was uh, in part a decision that was made by women Mm -hmm. um, who are directly impacted Mm -hmm. by that Mm -hmm. that legislation and Mm -hmm. uh, repealing of rights. It's it's it is hard for me to understand, um, and you know I think a lot of it um, again really comes down to how can we how can we actually imagine new ways of being right? Yes. Um, how 
how can we uh, get curious, get more curious, and be acting less out of a place of fear? Um, I do. I think that I've seen instances, certainly, where um, lawmakers whose children uh, come out as trans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different story. A greater, it's a great. It's a very different story. Mm-hmm. Having a greater capacity, and so part of that, I think, is about you know this idea of our collective responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can we really recognize that? Uh, our our freedom is our our freedoms and our rights are actually shared, right? right. If I'm more free, well, you'll be we more all free. We are free. Yeah. That's yeah. right, and yeah. that's what we're working yeah. toward, right? Is some collective liberation. Yes, um, it's yeah. it's critical, and you know, I guess I would just love for people to just operate from a place of common respect. You don't have yeah. to understand right what it means, that's right? Right. right? At right. the end of the day, though, everyone right. should be treated with respect, whether you get it or not, right. and that's. How I was, I, that's how I was raised. Yet I know that's really uncommon yes. uh, in many cases. And, and to your point, it's, it's fear-based. Um, it's what many people uh, have, have learned as they were growing up and have not taken the time uh, to understand that that is not how we treat each other. Or certainly that's not how we should be treating each other. Um, and then we have these larger systems, as, you, as you've mentioned, that are really just deepening the... Um, the ideas uh, that are so harmful to so many people. Mm-hmm. That's right. What do you That's think? Right. What do you think in 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 closing, Abby? People should think about um, when they are they encounter these kinds of uh, situations where people are being disrespectful. What what can someone do? Just like one thing that you think would be really helpful for someone to do when they are in a a difficult situation, and again, maybe need to disrupt uh, what is happening. Yeah. Um, so I'll put on, you know, my, my clinician hat. <laughs> yeah. And what I, what I think about and I talk about a lot in that regard is really slowing down. Mm, okay. um, so how can we, in those moments, invite um, some space to slow down, to really breathe and to check in with one another, um, to check in with ourselves, right, about how am I, how am I actually helping in this moment? Um, what is this moment needing? So how can I be discerning um, and really understanding? And when it comes to um, advocating, you know, Mary, in our work, we talk a lot about co-conspiracy. Yes. And I think what that requires also is um, trusting what people are telling you That's about right. their needs and their experience. About the people themselves. who are most... That's right. Who are most impacted, That's right? right? So That's right. in spaces where I find myself being um, what at one point we would have, you know, used the word ally, and now more and more we're thinking about a co-conspirator. Right. How can I understand what this person is navigating, and how can I support them? Mm-hmm. Right. What are they? What are they telling me that they need? Again, to your point, whether I understand it or not, or Doesn't whether matter. it's the same thing that I need. Um, I want to make sure, right, that we all have what we need to survive and thrive. So, again, I think slowing down and getting curious about one another. I'll take Um, that. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Um, Really important information to share. And, of course, I, you know, love working with you uh, and uh, look forward to talking to you later in the week. But really appreciate you joining us today on Living Out Loud. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Thank you you both so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. And you're listening to Living Out Loud, and we will be back in just a moment.
Island people, this is Gina Yashua, comedian extraordinaire. And when I'm in Chicago, I like to hang out with my good friend, Mary Morton, on her fantastic show, Living Out Loud on WCPT. So listen. <laughs> I love that promo, no matter how many times I hear it. Uh, and I also want to take a moment and um, just thank, again, uh, Craig Loftus and Laura Branch for our music today. You know, we like to play a lot of house music because I like a lot of house music. Um, but we will be playing all types of music. Mm-hmm. And so, in any case, I'm very thankful to them. And, um, you know, we want to take a moment and talk a little bit now, since we have you here, Ina. Yes. Um, and talk a little bit about what is your, you know, what's your thinking, your current thinking about the state of the restaurant business, particularly in light of us coming out of covid which we're not completely out of. No, I think we're going to go back into it, but uh. not as shut down as it was before. Um, I follow it very closely. I am very concerned about the restaurant business. I find that it's painful to look at the hours that some of the restaurants have now cut down to. That has been very noticeable. Very yes. noticeable. Don't ever yes. go someplace and think you're going to just walk in That's the door. Right. It could be closed that That's day, right. and you never know. Right. And it's because there is a shortage of help, and the city can't seem to figure out how to get people their work cards, because we do have migrants who have come from the industry in other countries and are willing to work, but they can't get their work permits. So things are, are a little bit tight. Um, the other thing that you'll notice is that when you try to go out to brunch, it just doesn't feel like it's the same kind of brunch that you used to have. And it's because you're never going to get the A-team on Sunday morning after they Ah, have worked Saturday Saturday night. night. Which is the night, right, in the restaurant business. It always will be. But it's getting Mm -hmm. earlier. Yes. So if you notice, yes. you try to get a reservation at six six fifteen, and they're all booked. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to go out earlier. They're more homebodies now. They would rather go early, come home early. Um, I told all the chefs that if they didn't figure out how to fi- understand their lives and get more normal time and and understand the lives of their employees, then they wasted two years of COVID. Mm. That they just didn't get it. And a lot of them are struggling now. They're, every week I hear about closures, <clears throat> excuse me, closures of restaurants. They made it through the pandemic. Oh, yeah. They used up the PPP mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. And now they cannot find the audience for it right. or the staffing. Staff. Mm-hmm. So I find it's a grim situation right now. And I don't know how it's going to get better. Yet I still see mm-hmm. restaurants opening. I do, too. And I'm shocked and amazed. And I can only hope that they have what it takes to survive. But remember, everybody that's working at this new one left an older one. Right. That's and, right. And that's because right. it's not a brand new um, organizational pull to get new people yet. Okay. So that, that part is a real issue. Uh, it's yeah, it's very um, it's discouraging, I would say. Mm-hmm. Certainly when you, to your point, you just assume a place that you used to go to on a reg- you know is now closed on Monday Tuesdays right maybe even Wednesdays maybe Wednesdays um, well, they just open for dinner that's exactly right 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 so it's important to um, certainly go out and support restaurants yes uh, and it's important to check before you go to make sure that they are still open and available um, and and will be able to you know uh, take care of you but it's important to to 
continue to support the industry as we can. I agree. And try to always go to independently owned places, please. Okay. As opposed to chains. Well, yeah. Yeah. And not only chains, but the local chains. Okay. And I'm talking about Let Us Entertain You and Boca and Mm -hmm. Hospitality. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're great. Some of them are great. But a lot about the three I mentioned to you earlier, you know, Marina's and Pinched and Schmaltz, they're all independently owned. They need you. Yes. And we need them. Absolutely. Most importantly, Absolutely. we need them. There, there were things that you um, perhaps came across during your years in the restaurant business that, how would we say this, maybe stories that... I promise never to tell. Okay. All right. You promise never to tell. Okay. okay. So in the old days when I had a bakery and it was pre, uh, pre everything except an answering machine when you got to work, I got to work <laughs> one morning and on the answering machine was this. Hi, uh, my name is Jimmy Banos. I have a restaurant in the loop and it's called Heaven on Seven and I had your key lime pie at the Blue Mesa last night and I want to order it for my restaurant. Call me. And he gives me the number. And I listen to it twice, and I go, I'm not going to the loop. I'm not driving down there. And mind you, this is 1982. It's not bad. It's not bad. And I'm going, oh, my God, who the hell is this guy? Forget that. And I don't answer it. I erase it. A couple days later, the phone rings, and I answer the phone. He goes, hey, so it's Jimmy Banos. You want to tell me what it's like to have so many customers you don't need another one? Oh. And I went, oh, damn, I just got busted. I got busted big by Banos. Wow. And I went down to the loop. Yeah, I bet you did. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. And I supplied him with cakes for a long time. Nice. Nice. But, but I learned a lot that day. And 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 how do you share something like that with someone who thinks, oh, you know, I don't need to do that sort of thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You say yes to everything. That's and that that is my motto as well. I'm very much a yes person. Yes. You know, occasionally yeah. that gets me in trouble, yeah. but, but I am very much a yes here, person. If you say yes and you go and you do something and it's wrong, we call that one and done. Exactly. You tried it. Exactly. I'm and giving you a high five here on that. Absolutely. That's, that's the key right. to my life right. is saying yes, yes to everything. Okay. Could be skydiving, could be riding on a motorcycle, uh-huh. could be driving down to the loop to okay. deliver cakes to this okay. guy. Okay. Okay. Doesn't matter. Say yes to everything. Have the experience. Experience. Figure out if you want to repeat it. Uh huh. And if you don't, one and done. Moving on. That's exactly on right. to the next one. I'm with you on this. Okay, so I have a, one more minute here. So I was coming back from L.A. with Brian Jupiter. Um, he was. We were on a, a cooking show together. And uh, Brian Jupiter, I'll give you my my stats. I'm five feet one. I'm very white. And I'm chubby. Brian Jupiter is a mountain of a guy who's very black, who has a lot of dreads, and who is magnificent. And we have to go to Southwest Airlines to get on the plane, and I walk right up to the gate agent, and I look at her, and I say, and Brian's right with me, um, I need pre-boarding, please, for me and my son. (laughs) You just really... And she kind of barely looks mm-hmm. up and she goes, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Mm. And she leaves. Wow. And Brian looks at me and he goes, I cannot believe that you did that. And I went, oh, so you don't know who your father is. <laughs> and I show a picture of my former husband, Black. My Black former husband. He went, oh, okay. Oh, That's my good. goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am a bad girl. You are. And then the best story of all, people ask me, how did I get the title Breakfast Queen? Yes. I gave it to myself. I love it. I love it. Be in control of your own destiny. 
right? Why not? Right? People said, oh, you're like the queen of breakfast. And I went, oh, there's something here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so I took it on and I've lived up to it. I would say so. Thank you so much. In so many ways. And I will get you your heavenly hats. Oh, please. And and can we just say you mentioned your former husband. (gasps) Captain Bill Pinkney. I just want to. Thank you. Give him a moment yeah. of um, honor. Honor, absolutely. We we had a chance to meet him. We had a chance to to be on the Amistad ship. I know. As a result of you introducing us, I know. He was the first black sailor to circumnavigate the world under the five great capes. First and only black sailor to do that. The first black sailor to be inducted into the National Sailing Hall of Fame. But one of his first, he was the first black makeup artist in any yes. union. Yes, and Reblon. Uh, no, no, in the film unions. Film first. unions. Okay. And then he did every cover of Essence magazine when they published first because there were no black makeup artists to do the models. Who knows I know, this? I know this. Oh my goodness. I know this. And, Cap- and the, the, one of the most moving things for me was Senator Ted Kennedy stood in the well of the Senate and read the entire story of Bill's victorious trip into the congressional record so Bill would always be part of the history of America. That is extraordinary. And he just passed. And yes, it's, he did. He had a lot a lot going for him. He had a huge life and was so humble. Yeah. So humble yeah. and did so much yeah. and really tried to share that with young people. Always. Just a really, and Always. it's so important, right, that we continue to talk about mm-hmm. our history, our various histories, because as we know, people mm-hmm. are trying to completely um, erase it. Erase it. Yeah. Erase our histories. Absolutely. I hear you. Ina, it has been a joy. I can't believe it's come to an end so quickly. Thank you for letting me tell my story. Absolutely. Will you come back? I promise. Oh, I love it. And with or without Heavenly Hots, I'm not putting any kind of uh, (laughs) requirements on that. I know her better than you do. With. (laughs) But I want to thank all of you for listening today. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Devin. Um, And we will be back next week. And Mm -hmm. and my co-host will be, oh my goodness, it's going to be Julio Mm -hmm. Rodriguez, who is... Um, he, you know, he's he's many things, and we'll talk about that next week. But he is also the president of the um, Association of Latino and Latina uh, Latinas in Action, uh, ALMA, as yeah. the organization is known in short, and has been with that organization for over thirty years. He does many other things as well. Really talented, really funny. I'm just hoping that he doesn't make fun of me during most of the show. Um, but uh, we'll be on next week, and we'll have a special guest. Uh, Dose Quintero, who is the new secretary of the Illinois Department of Human Services, Yay. the first appointed non-binary uh, person, person in this role. Yes. So we're really excited. So don't miss it. We'll see you next week on Living Out Loud. 